Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. G'day, scholars, and welcome back to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. It's what the nerds are watching. I'm this week's host, Dom Philp, on the mic. Not too hard, not too soft, but just right. We're coming to you free of charge every single week on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast from. Best way for you to support is to rate, review, subscribe, the holy tricolon. And, you know, add this to your social media. You probably found us or heard about us somewhere on a social media account. What about Twitter? Why don't you tweet this out? Why don't you Facebook this out? Why don't you Instagram this out? Why don't you TikTok this out if you're under 15? Just get involved. And if, as always, if you get around us, we'll get around you. So I'm joined today for episode 63, as always, by Ross, the boss Casey, the founder of Wrestling Should Be Fun. Roscoe, what's the story? Hey, Dom. Nice to be back. Summer's here. I'm hot. I'm bothered. Bristol <laughs> City loss. It's the same as usual. <laughs> yeah. Rinse, repeat, mate. But <laughs> Bristol City, really quickly before we get underway, what are you saying for Bristol City this season? What would be a good outcome for them? Also, um, just to note that you very almost called them Bristol City there, which would be very... <laughs> I nearly did. I, I think that I think we should get shirts made up. <laughs> That's, I love Bristol. It's brilliant. And I love you. I don't really know anything about football, but I think Bristol shitty could sell. <laughs> we can saw some kind of independent process. <laughs> hey, why don't we do a call up sheet? Uh, this is the part of the show when Ross pretty much puts a shout-out on Twitter. If anyone wants their own shout-out, well, of course, get around us, we get around you. Anyone tweet in today, Ross? Yeah, we've got three from Twitter. So let's start with... This one's going to be pretty difficult for you, I think. Okay. Uh, first one is Audio Master for Podcasts and Music. Instant audio mastering. iPhone, iPad, desktop, Android for podcast music, etc. Hero boost in volume and sonic improvement. From mobile application so it's literally an app trying to get their way into uh, our podcast <laughs> mate one i'm 100 down with any type of advertising audio master if you want us to shout you out it'll just cost you 9.99 per month for the wrestling <laughs> should be up should be on patreon where we get we get really raw and rowdy that's where you'll hear us talk about the evil overlords at pro wrestling tees i like it they're also from Brooklyn, New York. So, you know, some kind of crime time, audio based. Yo, 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 yo. Chad Gaspard and JTG. It's crime time. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Yeah, I like the idea. What about Audio Master? Maybe they could be like the, uh, maybe they could be some sort of manager for the acclaimed. You know, because you, 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 got, you got your MC, you got your beatboxer, and then maybe you get your, someone to help out by making it sound good in your ears when Max Caster drops those bars. By the way, talking about that, sometimes I think they're a bit silly, some of his raps, but I tell you what, I have to admit, I audibly popped when he said about, we're going to make you retire like Vince McMahon. 
that was fucking jokes. Uh, <laughs> I, like, and I, like, it's so silly and so obvious, but fucking hell, I laughed out loud in my kitchen whilst I was doing my washing up. It definitely got the biggest pop of the night, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Anyway, more probably we'll talk more about that and what the nerds are watching later on. But yeah, I just uh, yeah, I just thought I'd give a shout out to to Max Caster, who I think is doing some good work. Did you have anything for Audio Master? No, just just the you know nine ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, excellent stuff, excellent. And Audio Master, if you ever want to give editor Phil a week off, get in touch. We you know because <laughs> at the moment our editor has worked to the bone behind the scenes. Shout out, Phil. Thanks for all your hard work, brother. Absolutely. Next up, we've got Patrick Dam Harris. Harris Dam on Twitter. Even got some Gabagol from a Scabby Doo. Scooby Doo, even, not Scabby Doo. <laughs> what? Mate, did you just have a seizure? What happened then? I didn't understand any of that. <laughs> I'll do it again. <laughs> did you say Neil Dam Harris? Patrick Dam Harris. Patrick Dam Harris. Um, All right. I just stood on my own joke. I was going to make a joke about Neil Patrick Harris, the guy yeah, from yeah, yeah the, the guy from Doogie Howser, MD. Recently um, announced that he's going to be in the new Doctor Who series. Oh, really? I don't know much about Doctor Who. But that 1990s uh, family sitcom, Doogie Howser, MD, that's my areas. That's your areas. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's he's, it. From, uh, he's from West Roxbury in Boston, and he's very active with us on Twitter. So we're big fans of Patrick Dam Harris. Yeah. Um, I wonder if Dam is his actual legal middle name on his birth certificate. <laughs> I think that, Pat, Patty, if, if I can call you Patty, I think we might have to have, when you're ring announced, we'll just have to have Ron Simmons do your ring name every week. Yeah. And just for that one little bit. Yeah. So it'll be like Bobby Cruz. In the red corner, Patrick D. <laughs> I think that'd work all right, you know? Yeah. Over. That's definitely getting over. Yeah. So yeah, thanks a lot, uh, Patrick Harris, as always. Big fan on Twitter of your work. And don't don't be afraid to follow the Instagram anytime, Pat. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anytime you want to get around the Insta, fellas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, still still sitting on about 1,400 followers. It goes every single day, three new followers, and we lose four. <laughs> it's like that um, Simpsons meme where you walk, yeah. walk out. <laughs> to be fair, all I do is Simpsons now. Yeah, it's gran- grandpa. Grandpa takes his hat off. <laughs> out he goes. Yeah, good. It's good just describing uh, memes for an audio format as well. This this, has been a strong start. Strong start. And there's your meme for next week's uh, post. Sorted. Yeah. (laughs) I might get back to posting some memes at some point. Maybe. Next on Twitter is I'm Mad as Hell, Mad Science Arts. Add art, politics, music, movies, wrestling, and large format printing into a blender with rye, orange juice, and ice. Blend well, serve in tall glasses. So how do you taste blended scotch whiskey? Take the bottle, pour it into the glass, swirl it around, as I said to you before, throw it out. Swirl it around, bring it up and say, hello. Then you go back to it, how are you? And then go back to it, quite well. Thank you very much. Yeah, right. (laughs) So mad science arts. Yeah. Is that, yeah. 
I don't know. I've got nothing there, Matt. Like, I instead of maybe like, I guess the original, the first thing that comes to mind is like, oh, like a mad scientist, you know, like Dr. Frankenstein or something like that. But instead of it being like a mad scientist, what if it's just like an adjective, like, and like street cred? Man, he's got mad science arts. But- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lois, thank God it's you. The last three houses I went to were very rude. Have you been drinking? Why, yes, I have. Thank you. He's, so his name is his name is Art, and Mad Science is like what his friends call him. Man, Mad Science, that Arts. <laughs> like it, like it a lot. Yeah, and and he and he, so so his Art, his tag team partner would be Simon. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Yeah. That's a Simon yeah. and Garfunkel reference for those of us yeah. listening at home. I was thinking that you could go down the Eddie route, but. I tell you're going to have to explain that joke. Art Bar. Oh, all right. Yeah, Art Bar. Yeah. Yeah, it's a wrestling joke. I'm, I'm thinking about Julio down in the schoolyard. <laughs> He's also got um, excellent versions of his work, including a playing card that's been made into Eddie Kingston as the king. Uh, so this guy's a content creator as well, or this person. Sorry, I shouldn't really gender. Yeah, uh, so he's got a Behance site where you can purchase his stuff, um, including wrestling stuff. And he also said politics, music, movies. So there's plenty more of that as well. Um, so I was thinking maybe he could be some kind of like Dexter Loomis character where he could almost create the artwork for all the feuds that he gets into. Yeah. Maybe this guy could be our new uh, T-shirt manufacturer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think we've done pretty well there to just give people shout-outs and their little side hustles. If anyone else has a side hustle and wants to give it a shout-out, get in contact for next week. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, you said we had three from the Twitter. Do you have others that aren't from Twitter? Well, those were the ones that asked for a shout out, but I was thinking maybe we could add someone from the group and give them a bit of a pop for when they're listening. Yeah, that's when you're like meant to pretend that we didn't plan it, Ross. Uh, Kayfay, brother. Kayfay. <laughs> for all you've done to your bodies, it's still real to me, damn it. Okay, so we've got 90s Mike. Easily obsessed with the latest music, films, and TV. He supports Tottenham Hotspur and pro wrestling. Hashtag fuck the Tories. Hashtag don't buy the sun. Uh, have you got anything planned for Mike? See, all I can think of are things that would really wind him up. I think, like, <laughs> we would have to put him straight away in, in like, a, a stable with, like, with who? Like, Chris Brooks? <laughs> would be, would be, who else would be in 90s Mike stable with him? Um, uh, Lycos yeah definitely yeah Lycos 100% probably like I would say 50% of the other fans that go to progress shows <laughs> <laughs> but he's 90s Mike so he has to be in a stable with like someone who's got like a job oh yeah so like um, so like Duke the Dumpster Drosy <laughs> perfect Adam Bomb Sparky Plug yeah so there you go Mike there's your uh, new stable also, I think like like the best part about nineties is he's already got his own catchphrase. Just like any time that he's in the ring with someone, and then they leave the ring before him on the microphone, he just goes prick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's got to be his catchphrase. 
And also, as he's the champ police, he has to be with the big boss man, right? Yeah. So, obviously, if you don't know, we're just talking about one of our mates here that is our most avid listener. So, But if you are listening to this, you wonder what the fuck we're on about and why are we just, like, you know, having this kind of, uh, I can't think of a better word than circle jerk. 90s Mike does actually already have a gimmick. He's the champ police. So, anytime someone in our group at a show or our friendship group, I should say, tries to start a new chant, Mike will simply give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, like Gladiator. I actually think that would be a good gimmick for a wrestling show. He doesn't ever have to wrestle. He should just walk around the outside like Jeremy Borash used to in early doors TNA. Yeah. And just like try to rev the crowd up, but actually the opposite. Just be like, shut up, that's rubbish. No, that we're not doing that chant. Yeah, okay, we can do that one. Let's go. And Batista proved it's over in 2005 with the big thumbs down. Oh, yeah, that's right. That is correct. Perfect. That's the call-up sheet. Should we move on to what the nerves are watching? Yep, let's do it. What the nerds are watching. I've been watching you. A la 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 long. A la 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 long, 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 long. Come on. A la 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 long. A la 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 long, 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 long. What have you been watching, Ross? So I watched Raw and NXT and Dynamite this week. And off the top of my head, there's not too much to talk about other than, did you see the finish of the AJ Styles, Miz and Ali match? That was good. Yeah, I did. I, I did watch that. I, I, yeah, I, I watched Raw this week in the sense that I had it on whilst I did jobs um, in the background. I said on a previous podcast a couple of weeks ago that I was going to try to give Raw a chance for a few weeks and SmackDown as well. I haven't watched SmackDown yet from last week, but I did watch Raw. And I actually sat through the whole three-hour show. Um, and you're a and Champa fan, right? I, yeah, I do like Champa. Yeah, I, and I, I thought that was that was interesting. That was good. Um, it was a big three hours for Champa. Yeah, yeah, it was. You know, to get well. I mean, if you list off the people that he kind of claimed victories over across the night, you know, uh, biggest one being AJ Styles. But then who who was in his uh, three-way? Was it Dolph? Dolph and someone else i can't remember but something that was just like revolutionary for wwe was that it was fresh matchups with stakes yeah that's right and i think we said a couple of weeks ago didn't we about what about some um impetus on the i hate using the term mid-card title so i'll just say the uh united states championship yeah and raw needs to do that if roman is not going to be on the show right absolutely yeah if you have not got the world champ on your show weekly that US title should be your main thing. And there's two ways of doing it. You can either have it defended on the show each week, you know, like when Cena had it, or you can try to build, you know, relevant challenges over certain weeks and then have it paid off, you know, maybe once a month or something like that. And looks like that's what they're doing. And it's the title match is going to be next week. Am I right? Yeah. And uh, also we had a fantastic match, I thought, between Bianca and EO Sky. I thought that was really good. Do you know, oh, Nick, so you've reminded me. I didn't have any pre-prepared thoughts about this, but probably my least favourite part of Raw was actually the commentary during that match, though. Like, what has Corey Graves got against EO Sky? Did you notice that as well, or was it just me? Has any, I didn't your, notice it offhand. What, what was going down? There was one part where... I don't know if it was like a cover or something like that after a move. That, and Graves said something like, you're going to have to show a bit more intensity than that if you want to be successful on the main roster. Wow, okay. 
And then, like, two minutes later, uh, I don't even know the name of the main. It's Jimmy something, right? Yeah, Smith. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Smith. Yeah, yeah. I probably could have guessed that. What <laughs> is it? It's um, it's something like, oh, it's a really cold. I should have got it, Jimmy Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and then he sort of followed up maybe, like, two minutes later in the match. And this was while, like, I'm just getting used to the name, EO Sky, is just ripping it up, like, doing moonsaults and all sorts of shit, planches. And then Smith says something like, oh, yeah, um, it does look like EO is a step off or something like that. And then Graves goes, yeah, it's almost like I know what I'm talking about. Interesting. I didn't know. And I, I just, I don't know if that was just because, like, you know, EO is the heel and they're like, maybe it's an instruction. Maybe it's like, well, we're going to let EO wrestle in a high-flying manner, but we have to put the heat on her somehow. Yeah. Or, or it was an attempt to say that like she hasn't wrestled for a while so that's the reason that she like like this new person can't beat Bianca I don't know like but like the way that you're putting it makes it makes it sound like the sort of commentary that Graves would do to someone like Liv Morgan to try and be the heel commentator but he owes the heel so it made no sense right no, yeah, I just thought it was, you know, maybe someone's yelling in their AirPods right now because I didn't watch the show really closely. I, I honestly was, uh, I honestly do kind of have it on just whilst I'm doing jobs, washing up, doing a bit of yard work, yeah. whatever it might be. So I, I actually was just kind of half listening, half watching. But I, it stood out to me and I was like, fuck me, what's, I, like, because I really like Graves' work. Uh, I think he's insightful and oftentimes actually quite funny. And um, I was just like, this This seems strange because normally Graves is kind of the guy that actually, almost, he almost shows that he has a relationship with the former NXT stars. He normally is like the guy, you know, people who have come through NXT, he almost like shows that there's a friendship and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. I didn't know. We'll see. Maybe there'll be more to it next week. I, I don't know. But um, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Talking of things that are slightly negative and are slightly odd, over on SmackDown, the booking of Liv Morgan caused yeah. her to get booed in her in-ring promo, which is obviously not ideal as she's your babyface champion. And I can kind of understand fans booing her slash turning on her a little bit just because she's been booked into a corner where she tapped out to Ronda at SummerSlam, losing legitimately but winning because the referee didn't spot it. And then for her to come out and kind of like celebrate the victory rather than apologize for the victory as a babyface sort of thing. I kind of get it. Like I get that they wanted to get Ronda over as a badass and Ronda over as a heel, but it's come at the detriment of Liv Morgan's push. If you're now I'm just devil's advocate here. I haven't seen this yet. If you are any type of professional athlete and a referee makes a bad call in the last seconds of the game, and that could change the result. Are you apologising for the referee's mistake? If this was any other type of professional contest other than wrestling, would you expect her to come out and apologise for that or to offer Ronda another shot at the title? I yeah, mean, not necessarily apologise, but like maybe not like celebrate the win, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, like I say, I haven't seen. I did see the, uh, the SummerSlam match. It was well pulled off. Whether it was well thought out, I'm not too sure. I just kind of feel like Liv Morgan's story was always the chase for the title. And part of the reason that she was so popular in the first place was that she hadn't won the title. Wrestling fans are quite fickle. Now that she has won the title, it's almost like, okay, what's next? Yeah. 
we see that a lot, don't we, with babyface champions? It <laughs> fans seem to turn them very quickly. We we saw it a lot in progress, didn't we, over the years? Fans really get behind the chase of a babyface, and then when they win the title, they turn very quickly. Yeah, the one person that it didn't happen to was Cara Noir, and that's because Cara was booked correctly, in our opinion, right? Like we've spoken about it in the past, where. Progress probably made mistakes in the past with the likes of Travis Banks and constantly booking him to wrestle from underneath and scrape wins against popular baby faces. <laughs> probably not the way to book your baby face champion. Unless they want him to turn heel, which he then he did, and then he was really, really, really over as a heel then when he did the walk out, you know, for the count out victories and stuff like that. Yeah, potentially. But I think that they yeah. were they were probably reacting to what they'd already put themselves into that box. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. You watch Dynamite? I did. I have absolutely no notes in front of me. If you tell me what stood out to you, and I'll uh, I'll see if anything comes to mind. The thing that stood out to me mostly was the excitement for the Lionheart next week. Ah, uh, yeah. I think that was really good. The promo was great, right? Yeah, really good. Yeah, and I, I like the use of the verb stretch. <laughs> and the return what? of the Lion Tamer. Yeah, yeah, that was great as well talk about this on dynamite and rampage all the time but it was a solid you know just solid little match wasn't it just 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 really entertaining stuff with Yuta and jericho it was built really up liked, well i also really liked mox's interview pre that match where he was like i don't care if i face wheeler next week i'll make him bleed just like i'll make jericho bleed <laughs> yeah i'm assuming you haven't seen it because you haven't brought it up i thought maybe the standout aw match of the week was actually on battle of the belts I haven't seen it myself. Well, you know, I'm not going to spoil any results, but it goes without saying that the Castagnoli versus Takeshita match was absolutely outstanding. Fucking brilliant main event. I, I would suggest to you, Ross, that you would really enjoy it and go out of your way to have a look at it. Yeah, and, I know that is something that I actually tweeted out a few weeks ago, being like, please give me this match. And then they gave me it and I didn't watch it. Classic wrestling fan, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that if, if you do have the time, and this is a big spoiler, but... It's worth watching the three minutes of Takeshita on Rampage before because it's, even if it, it doesn't, it's it's past the statute of limitations. I'm just going to tell you what happens. So he just mows down Ryan Nemeth in about two minutes and just squashes him and Regal's on commentary, building it up. And then if you watch the Battle of the Belts match straight after, it's just, it's actually like about as good as you can do it building a match over just two days. Nice. Yeah, it, it, it was really, it was really good. And I've just, uh, I think I mentioned it last time I was on the pod. Uh, I've really enjoyed the way that AEW firstly used the Ring of Honor pay-per-view to build to some stuff on Dynamite with, uh, I'm trying to, which story am I thinking of? With, uh, on Ring of Honor and uh, with um, uh, Roosh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just had a brain fart for a second there. When, you know, I thought Roosh was really built up on the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. It was the first time I'd seen Roosh for a while, but I was absolutely buzzing for him versus Moxley. And then the same thing going out of Rampage into Battle of the Belts, just very short-term storytelling, but still effective, where you have someone who seems like a legitimate threat to a title. And yeah, I, I've, I've enjoyed both of those in recent times. My one other takeaway was that, I don't know about you, but I thought that the Cole turning on uh, Young Bucks, they were a little bit flat. 
Yeah, the segment felt flat, didn't it, actually, that one? Like, obviously, there's been some absolutely monumental turns in pro wrestling. And the best of, like, the recent times, obviously, been Seth with the Shield, like, that iconic moment. Um, yeah. Even, like, um, the way that Balor did that, like, overhead kick onto Gargano on NXT a few yeah. years ago. There was, like, a visual that was quite cool. I yeah, Steam, like, Steam with the list. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like it just didn't have a kind of a, a visual impact apart from that kid crying. I think the kid crying shot kind of saved that segment. I'm riffing here. I hadn't really thought too much about this, but maybe a couple of reasons for that. Firstly, well, I mean, I know what James Harris would say. He would say it's because Adam Cole is the, the worst heel in wrestling. <laughs> um, but I'll be a bit kinder and I'll say maybe it's because the fans don't want them to be heels. I think. People, I don't know, maybe people just didn't really want that story to be told. Maybe people still want the, whatever the fuck they're called, the Super Elite or the, yeah, Super Smash Brothers, whatever they are, when there's about 10 of them all in the same faction. But I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with the Young Bucks and a tag partner from there. I wonder if they were, you know, if AEW was sort of holding this story off for Omega, but they just haven't had good news on when Omega can return. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, obviously a major storyline leading into the next pay-per-view with the trio's belts. I'm assuming it's going to be Paige and Bucks that are going to probably be in the final, right? Yeah, you'd guess so. Unless they get knocked out first round because of Cole and Red Dragon, <coughs> potentially, and it just carries on. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with it from here. And like one thing's for sure, if those two teams of three do end up wrestling, whether it's on the pay-per-view or beforehand, it, I'm sure it'll be a fantastic match. Do you have any ideas about other trios you'd like to see in a tournament? Oh, yeah, loads. The I... other one that's definitely announced now, I think, is Best Friends and Orange. Yeah, that makes sense. Death Triangle, please. Yep, and then House of Black. House of Black, Gun Club. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Billy Gunn is fucking massive. Said Ripley to the android bishop. Wait, hang on. Um, God damn it. What was wrong with phrasing? I'm coming as fast as I can! <laughs> Guys, we really need to talk about getting phrasing back in the rotation. <clears throat> Guess I'm rubbing off on you, Ray. Yep, he is massive. Oh. God damn it! What? Why are we not doing phrasing? He is so big. I wasn't in the sperm donor pool. Free. Wait, are we still doing phrasing? Yeah. And he was fired by the WWE because he takes steroids, so that's the reason why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the WWE can find ways around people taking steroids if they want to keep them. I think they've had enough of him. <laughs> like, even just the visual of, like, Billy Gunn and, like, Cesar uh, and Claudio in the ring together, I think would be interesting, you know? Just the, the rigs on him, Ross. The rigs on yeah. him. Talking about um, Claudio, obviously, BCC have got capabilities of having a team in there. Danielson, Claudio and Wheeler. Yeah, for sure. Can't argue with that. The problem is, I don't like seeing them lose. Hey, Wheeler's the guy, mate. If they're going to lose, pin Wheeler. <laughs> and Danielson's going to have to wrestle Garcia again, isn't he? Yeah, that match was awesome, wasn't it? That was a few weeks ago now, wasn't yeah. it? it? Yeah, it's one of the... Uh, one of the standout matches in recent memory for me, for sure. I thought I thought it was just, uh, he's such a good storyteller, is Dragon. It's just underrated. Everything about him is just so great. I just, 
people say he's the best wrestler in the world, but he's still underrated for like little parts of what he can do in the ring, just off the charts. In terms of positivity, massively, Powerhouse Hobbs got his little um, moment in this last Dynamite with the squash match and then getting the heat by sneaking out when um, we got the pop for the return of Ricky Starks. Enjoyed that. Yeah. And it, I, I like the way that that was done with Taz saying, right, it's all over. And then straight away, Hobbs came out to different music, different gear. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would be interesting to see if he can sort of get some steam going. Also, a new coat of paint on Ethan Page with Stokely Hathaway rather than Dan Lambert. That should be a bit of an upgrade. Oh, mate. Can I, though, say, and I feel like I've been a bit negative today. It's not really my intention. But do you think AEW are in danger of overusing this um, charismatic wrestler who feels like they're being held down by management gimmick? I think that potentially that's where the storyline is going and Stokely's going to have the faction of that lot. Well, at the moment, I'm sort of like, they can't, this isn't going to keep getting reactions. Eventually, you can't kind of have every single person get their little, I don't know, push, I suppose you'd say, by having to go at Tony Khan. It's not going to, it's not going to keep working over and over again. So if, if there's a story behind it and Stokely is going to end up with whatever, Kip Sabian and uh, Ethan Page, and who else? There's been quite a few that have had this similar sort of track. I guess to a similar extent, Christian potentially falls into that category with his yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, the, the best example I can think of is MJF, but there's, you know, I don't, who knows what's going on with that. Yeah, yeah, of course, MJF. But like Christian mentioned, didn't he, that like he's an ex world champion, he's a future Hall of Famer, and he's been basically, since he's come to AEW, he's basically been holding Jungle Boy's hand. So, like, in a weird way, he's kind of having a little go at the book in there, isn't he? Yeah. There's just, it just feels like there's quite a lot of it at the moment to me. And, I think even like like Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly have even said stuff like that before in promos. I just yeah, it's it feels like it's in danger of being a bit overused. But we'll see. Maybe maybe everyone's going to end up in a stable together with uh, yeah. with Stokely. And not everyone hits a home run like MGF does, you know. Yeah, well, it, you know, Ethan Page is probably the closest that they've got. Yeah. Um, so it'll be yeah. We'll let's wait and see. Tell you, I'll tell you what, you haven't seen it, but uh, Jamie Hayter's best match in AEW so far was on Battle of the Belts. Yeah. yeah. I was impressed um, with the uh, tag match on Dynamite that I saw. Yeah, uh, she. I, it's, it looks like she's finding her feet a little bit more. We, me particularly, uh, I've seen a lot of Jamie Hayter in the Resga uh, for Pro Wrestling Eve and sort of felt like she hadn't shown her true athleticism in AEW as of yet. But yeah, definitely she had a good week this week. Sick. Shall we end it on that positive note? Yeah, I think so, mate. That'll probably do. Lovely stuff. Okay. So, main event time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for your main event of the evening. This week's roundtable, we'll be talking Progress Wrestling's Northern Tour. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Wrestling Should Be Fun Roundtable. Have you ever... Ross, pull the card up, brother. Let's go through it. Progress Wrestling, the first show of their Northern Tour is in Birmingham. Is that correct? Uh, I believe it's in Sheffield. Sheffield. Apologies to anyone that lives in Sheffield that I don't know the difference between uh, cities in the UK that aren't London or Stevenage. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Southside Wrestling. (laughs) 
Yeah, Stephen, that is true. Sheffield, home of the Arctic Monkeys. Uh, that's what else do we know about Sheffield? Oh, the bet. My favorite football chant in the UK. I was on a train once, and I was. It was like a Sunday in London. I think I was. I might have even been going to Progress or something like that. But I was definitely drinking. And I remember being on a train with like a group of lads, and I was like, "Oh, here we go. This is like this is going to be long." And then they they were singing, "Come and have a drink with us. We're drinking to a frenzy. We are from Sheffield, and we are Sheffield Wednesday." So I had like two spare cans in a bag, and I went over and offered it to them, and they just absolutely loved it. It was like, yeah, <laughs> one of the great one of the one of the great tube journeys you'll ever have. That sounds like yeah. your um your perfect kind of uh, club. A club that sings about drinking, that fits right into your uh, ethos, I would say. It's definitely how I make friends. <laughs> so, yeah, let's hear about it. What do we got going on in Sheffield for the next Progress Wrestling Chapter show? So we've got eight matches announced, which is exciting. Let's start off with Gene Money versus Maggot. A match that should be, I guess, one that falls firmly under the wrestling should be fun mantle. But we mentioned about we weren't entirely sure what the storyline was going to be with Gene Money going forward after such a heartfelt loss at Super Strong Style and then missing out yet again in the 24-7 Thunderbusted match. And did you see what they've been doing with him recently backstage? No, not so much. So he's got a world championship around his waist which is like an inside-out belt. So it's sort of like, like you can't tell what the championship is, but he's claiming that he's a world champion. So I'm not entirely sure what what this storyline is, but perhaps it's just like Okada Red Balloon. <laughs> uh, yeah, so maybe Taz FTW. Could be, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it'll be interesting. It, I, for one, would like to see Gene Money just mow down Maggot. <laughs> but that wouldn't bother me at all. Ainsley Lariat, one, two, three. I'm sure that they might have a, you know, maybe a bit of fun first, but uh, you know what? Why not? Let's see, let's see a bit of killer out of the damn dirty dog. Yeah, definitely. What if he had to bend the rules to win? That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps he goes down a bit of a devilish side until the return of Warren Banks. Who knows? There, there's a story told in in uh, Ring of Honor a while ago when I used to watch it pretty closely with Colt Cabana and Nigel McGuinness. And it was the, I think the kind of idea was meant to, it was meant to be like European rules or a European rounds match or something like that. The idea was like, okay, these are two guys that work European style. There's like not going to be any closed fists or any of this. And they both did all their tricks, you know, Nigel with the handstand on the top rope and Colt, you know, with his crawling through the legs and look up at the sky and stomping on the feet, all the big daddy spots and all that, right? And then it gets to the end of the match and then uh, Nigel goes to, he goes to the corner, puts his foot up on the middle turnbuckle and turns around and goes to do a front roll and his foot catches Cabana right and Cabana does a famous promo. He's like, you kicked me right in the bollocks. And Nigel rolls him up, right? And then he's like, I didn't know I got you. I didn't mean to get you. And, you know, they sort of make up. So anyway, next month they have another another match. 
and McGuinness, you know, and he does it, he does something similar again where he he kind of makes it seem like it was an accident, but he definitely breaks the rules. You know, something like he didn't realize Cabana's foot was on the ropes and he gets away with a second victory. Cabana the whole time is saying, you know, this guy's not as good technically as me. He can't beat without breaking the rules. You all think it's an accident, but it's not. He's doing it on purpose. And then eventually it gets revealed that Nigel is in fact doing it on purpose. And then all of a sudden he's a mega heel and they have a blow off match where, and it was called a soccer riot match. And the reason it was called that is because ball shots are legal. <laughs> okay. I and, like uh, and I think, you know, like Cabana was wearing a, wearing a box or something in America, they were called a cup and Nigel tries to kick him in the bollocks and Cabana shows no effect and his boots, Nigel in the balls. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was good fun. Sounds great. So yeah, like maybe there's some kind of storyline across his um, arc now for um, Gene Money in a similar vein where he kind of wins by cheating without admitting that he's cheating. Who knows? Yeah, like I say, we and we this isn't really what we we're not trying to fantasy book uh, for a fantastic wrestling promotion, but it would be interesting to see where this would go, right? We, we're just looking forward to seeing the story with Gene Money because we both agree we think there is more of a story building than just ha ha fun matches in dare I say the mid card. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We have our favourite uncle at a barbecue, Dean Ormark, after his brilliant showing in the uh, match against Chris Ridgway in the last chapter. Um, yeah. And he's been uh, treated to facing Hayata of Pro Wrestling Now fame, who I believe is the current GHC Junior Heavyweight Champion. He's also in the same stable as Ridgway, isn't he? Um, oh, that's it's- a nice little ripple. Yeah, so Hayata and Ridgeway are in the stable called Stinger. Nice. Um, you clearly know more about him than me, which is great. Um, I, I don't know almost nothing about him. Uh, yeah, so I think Hayata might be the he's the light, uh, the junior heavyweight, the GHC junior heavyweight champion, I believe. And then Ridgeway is in a tag team with a third member of Stinger, who's also over here, I think, in the near future. And Ridgeway and the third. Uh, man in the stable are the GHC Junior Tag Champions. GHC Junior Heavyweight title, just again to go back to, you know, 2005 Ring of Honor, made famous. If you don't know too much about the GHC Junior Heavyweight title, it's a really, really important belt in wrestling just because it's been held by uh, Kenta and Marafuji. And they really um, elevated that belt to a high level at the point where Noah probably around that time would have been close to being the number one promotion in Japan, I would say, because you had um, Kabashi and Masao on top for the GHC heavyweight title of, you know, on most shows. And then you had um, Kenta and Marafuji with the junior heavyweight also on the same shows. So Noah around that time was really cooking with gas. So I just think it's interesting that we get to see the, you know, the holder, the current holder of that title here in UK shores. Um, because it does have a pretty rich lineage, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Hayata himself, I don't know too much about. I don't know a lot about Stinger, but I just think, I, I hope that the fans realise that this is an important wrestler that we get to see and Progressor putting up maybe the most technically sound wrestler in the UK in Dean Allmark to face him. Well, you say that, but Benny Five Bellies on Cage Match says, I have no idea why Hayata gets the push he does. Zero charisma, bland in ring work, and he looks straight out of the 2004 Midwest Indie scene. <laughs> All right. 
And far be it from me to disagree with Mr. Five Bellies, the world-famous wrestling oracle, Benny Five Bellies. Uh, I mate, I don't, I don't think your vibe's really fitting with wrestling should be fun, Benny. But anyway, that's that maybe just goes with the name, if I'm honest. Oh, that's a, that's a deep cut. For more raw takes like that, please tune into our Patreon, nine and nine a month. <laughs> yeah, so that was just a little fun little thing of uh, wrestling fans being wrestling fans. Boo, Ross, you're, you've gone wrong. <laughs> okay, next up, we've got a triple threat between Raven Creed, Lana Austin, and Eliza Alexander, who, of course, were in the 24-7 tag match that also featured Alexis Falcon. Raven yeah. Creed went backstage after 24-7, said that she's had enough of Lana Austin and she wants both Eliza Alexander and Lana in a triple threat match, which, of course, has been made. But Eliza Alexander wanted nothing to do with Lana Austin after some of the shenanigans that she was pulling in that match. However, Lana Austin pulled out 200 quid from her, from her uh, ring gear and made it all good with her seemingly tag team partner. So we'd like more little fun things about Lana Austin. Not only is she <laughs> comedic genius, current on a bit of a winning streak, but she's also a mind genius with a Ted DiBiase games. My favourite Lana Austin uh, moment of the last couple of weeks was when she fell in the pool. Yeah, that was good. Uh, did you see? <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> I, I, where she just kind of like calmly got out of the pool and walked off. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I I thought that was great. I've enjoyed the build to this match. I have to say I'm surprised that we go another show without seeing the singles match between Lana and Raven, but it'll be interesting to see where they go with this. Can Raven get another victory, do you think, Ross? Are we, do we still have more to tell in the story? I feel like this is going to be the part of the story where Eliza walks out on Lana as a bit like, yeah, I'm a bad bitch, but I'm not your bad bitch. And Creed gets um, a little bit of time alone with Lana Austin, but not enough, not have the singles match afterwards, if that makes sense. Yeah. I love the confidence with which you say the phrase, bad bitch, Ross. (laughs) (laughs) I could tell you, you were almost like, am I allowed to say bad bitch? (laughs) (laughs) You can't say bad bitch in Bristol, mate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. I've enjoyed the build uh, in this feud. And I am looking forward to seeing Lana Austin and Raven Creed one-on-one, hopefully down the track. And that is solely just because even though nobody in progress seems to, the wrestling should be fun boys love Lana Austin, don't we? So go get them, Lana. This one's yours, mate. New champ soon. And then our last match that isn't a title match, we've got your man Konosuke Takashita making yes. his progress debut in a match that's going to probably steal the card, let's be honest, against Robbie X. That match is going to be absolutely brilliant. And it's going to be so good that I'm actually contemplating going to Sheffield on, on Saturday. I think you should go. If I wasn't going away on holiday on Saturday, I would join you just because it would be a great day. But I think this match definitely, without a doubt, it's the one that stood out for me when I cast my over the uh, announced card. I think Progress have had an absolute touch in getting Takeshita in. I think they've struck right at the right time by getting him in. It's almost like, you know, because it got announced a few weeks ago and then even since it got announced by Progress, Takeshita has just been 
more of a focal point on worldwide television, hasn't he? So I think in where we've seen before, like some of Progress's imports have just been unbelievable and they, they might come over for a super strong style or something like that, you know, maybe like an Aramis. And people don't really have access to Aramis before he comes. But then by the end of the weekend, people realise, oh, wow, that's just like one of the world's best wrestlers. We're so lucky that we had him in London for three days. I think this time Takeshita right now is at the peak of his powers for a British audience anyway. I'm not, I mean, maybe people in Japan might disagree, but unless you really follow DDT closely, you probably won't have known too much about him um, until maybe the last even month, I would say. And now, right now, Progress have just had an absolute blinder by getting him in this weekend. What a great time to get him coming off like what like I said just an unreal main event uh, against Claudio and I just think they've one of the perfect uh, opponents for him in Robbie X who is just on fire right coming off uh, you know an excellent matchup against Nick Wayne so can't wait to see what we have ahead of us with this one yeah if I don't make it to Sheffield I'm going to be counting down the days to watch this on the network without doubt yeah I definitely think it'll draw a few eyes. I think, like, just quietly as well, I think it's also just, like, another little uh, little positive nod to progress, like, doing the business of having Takeshita on the network too. That's kind of a cool thing. I, I don't pretend to know anything about wrestlers' contracts or anything like that. Um, but, you know, most recently seeing Takeshita on AEW television and then going to see him on the WWE network. So that's, I think, a pretty big deal. I'm not sure if anyone, has, anyone else has really noticed that, but I think that's, a, that's pretty special, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. I if he is on the network version then we'll certainly be plugging that on our feed to get more eyes on that match because it's going to be fucking great now let's move into the championship matches there's four in total we'll start off with the Atlas title one that's not been defended since Super Strong where Luke Jacobs had that unbelievable match with Axel Tischer that just seemed to go on and on and on where neither man would quit. But eventually Jacobs came out on top. This time he's up against man like Doris in a match which is going to be an absolute barnstormer in my opinion. Yeah, I just uh, recently I've had a couple of conversations with people off air about Luke Jacobs and the legitimacy of his weight. Now I have it on good authority. I've done a little bit of research, Ross. Luke Jacobs at the moment weighing in at 208 pounds, which of course is well over the 205 uh, <laughs> bracket for the Progress Atlas Championship. This is not a joke. This is genuinely legit. And also it's well under the 220 pound cutoff for Cruiserweight Championships in other promotions. So don't be confused, dear listener, if you uh, have been one of those people who have been uh, DMing me about Luke Jacobs and about how he can <laughs> hold championships in two different weight divisions across this fair country of ours. It is because he's at 208 and fits into both of those divisions concurrently. So there you go. It's mystery over. Stat dog, woof, woof. <laughs> uh, as far as the match itself, Jacobs mosing down. Uh, we love Doris. We think he's brilliant. We think he's athletic. He's got a huge future ahead of him. At this stage, Jacobs is mowing people down, and that is his story. And I don't think anything changes in Sheffield. I think it's going to be uh, chops, lariats, and probably uh, a powerbomb finish, and that'll be it. But he's got to catch him first. 
That's true. That is true. I just think with with all of uh, Stinger and Northwest Strong in attendance, I think it's going to be a strong outing uh, up in Sheffield for both Stinger and Northwest Strong. I think uh, all of the people in those factions are going to have strong outings and um, not comfortable victories, but I I wouldn't be surprised if they finish the show holding belts aloft. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Next up, your boys, Sunshine Machine, against Greedy Souls, Danny Jones and Brendan White. Whose boys are those? Those would be my boys. (laughs) Yes, they are. Of course they're your boys. (laughs) I'll claim Southwest as Wales as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think you've got all all those areas covered. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, so um, while we've been fans of Danny Jones ever since we saw him have that absolutely unreal match at the dome against uh, Mike Bird one of the most yeah. un what's the word un uh, something un something to match in progress history like this is how I describe the match it's the sort of match that uh, you know was held in the dome in front of what 200 people on a Wednesday night and the spots that they were doing it was like it was, you know, the final of Bowler or maybe it was the main event of Final Battle or maybe, dare I say it, it was a stadium show for WWE to WrestleMania. It was just, you know, like pile drivers off the top rope, head drops galore, people kicking out of, you know, like triple brain-busted suplex shooting star presses. It was just just silly. And it was, I think all everyone that was there in attendance knows that it was just probably the match of the year on the independence scene anywhere in the world that year. Just ridiculous. So always great to see more of Danny Jones in progress. Yep, sure. And who, who knows, maybe we'll see Mike Bird again one day. He's current champion at uh, Chaos Wrestling in Bristol. And last month he defeated Yota Suji of New Japan in a match that I caught the highlights of on the Chaos socials. And my word, strong style does not even start to (laughs) say what that was. So if we're able to get a uh, Danny Jones versus Luke Jacobs match at some point, I will be absolutely salivating. Yeah, that is that is definitely one for the future. I'd, I'd love to see that one as well. For sure. And then we move on to talk about Sunshine Machine themselves. Obviously, always trying to put on the match of the night, always trying to think of new ways to be creative with their move set. And they always seem to come up with at least one new move that I've never seen previously a tag team perform. Not only are they impressing with in that, but also with their wins. How many are they at the moment in terms of successful defenses? Is it two or three? Two? Yeah, I think maybe it's either two or three. And we really should follow this more closely every week on the show, shouldn't we? Because the, I think they're aiming for nine as a record. Is this correct? I think so. Right. I'm really looking forward to the ninth defence, which, of course, we all know it was revealed in the ballroom is going to be the kings of wrestling, Claudio Castagnoli and Chris Hero, according to TK Cooper. So really looking forward to that. I think the greedy souls are going to have a long evening in Sheffield. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. The other thing about Sunshine is like it's it's not just progress that they're dominating at the moment. You know, they're, they're holding tag belts from all over the country. I'm trying to find a different, unique way of saying it from, out of, from how I do it each week. But if you said right now that Sunshine Machine were in the top three tag teams in the world, I think it would be hard to argue. Like genuinely, I, 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 there's, not, there's no one that could tell me that they wouldn't hold their own in a ring with FTR at the moment. 
There's no one that could tell me they wouldn't look good against the Young Bucks. I just think they're absolutely outstanding and they're, without a doubt, the best thing going in Brit Rest right now. And I'll put the house on it. That's it. They're, they're the best thing in Brit Wrestling at the moment. Next up, we've got the Women's Progress Championship up for grabs in a match that we spoke about in the last chapter that we felt suffered a little bit from convoluted booking. But now we've got heel versus face and we've got a storyline set up. Kanji, the babyface, against the now heel Laura DiMatteo in Sheffield for the title. Should be a much better match with a much better crowd, in my opinion. All I can say is I hope the Sheffield crowd do their due diligence and absolutely get stuck into Di Matteo. Let her have it, guys. Uh, that was a dastardly thing she did to the wonderful sunshine kid, Kanji, at the last chapter, and she deserves to get booed out of that building, mate. Get stuck into a Sheffield. Yeah, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of heat spots on that injured arm of Kanji, and hopefully the crowd get behind her at that point as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what, what they can do. And last but not least, we've got the Progress World Championship match, something that I'm very much looking forward to seeing, whether it's live or on the network. It's Chris Widgeway versus Big Damo. Big Damo coming back to Progress in a world title match against Ridgeway. And it's going to be interesting because Big Damo's kept his eye on Ridgeway about how he's been acting recently in the ring at Progress. And he's mentioned that nobody bullies Big Damo. And That's right. Chris Ridgeway's been doing a lot of bullying in, in that ring, but can he bully the big man from Belfast, Big Damo? He certainly cannot. He's going to have to find another way to win. It's going to have to be joint manipulation rather than, I think, the strikes. And I think the question is, how does he do it? How's he going to chop down the beast of Belfast? A lot of people think that he can't. I just, you know, I've already kind of given my prediction. Northwest Strong will be strong in this show, but I think really the interesting story is going to be how does Ridgeway adapt to, you know, the, his last kind of four matches or so in progress, um, you know, the ones across Super Strong Style and then the one against Allmark at the most recent chapter. It's going to have to be a completely different uh, showing from Ridgeway and not that I like to give Ridgeway too many compliments. We do secretly love him, but he's, you know, he's going to have to show off a bit more of his repertoire and I know he's got it in the locker. Absolutely. And that wraps up. Sheffield, but that's not it for the weekend of progress. We're going to not go so deep into this card, but just to highlight some of the matches that Newcastle are getting on the 14th. So, the one, am I right to say that um, Newcastle are looking at uh, Takeshita versus Allmark? Correct. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, is that right? Yep. That, I mean, that one for me stood out when I saw it announced. That, and is, there's a, is there a six-man? There is a six-man. Six it's Northwest Stinger, which consists of Ridgeway, Hayata, and Jacobs against 0121 and Leon Slater, which, that's going to be good. Yeah. On the promotional poster, there's something that I thought was interesting. I'm not too sure if I just missed an announcement, but it was just kind of put down as 0121, wasn't it? It didn't say, and Leon Slater, is, is Leon sort of with, the 0121? Well, he kind of um, was christened as part of it when he had that match with against RKJ and Fleiss came out. Yes, correct. And yeah, uh, yeah. they all kind of like applauded him. So, yeah, 
it's great to see a different type of main event as well. You know, when you're doing a tour like this, you you do have to mix it up, um, maybe New Japan style. And I think we, we don't see a lot of sort of six-man matches like this in progress at the moment. So I think this one's going to be a different type of story, a, a different type of athleticism. And I think, you, the, you know, the tune are in for a treat. Yeah. Fortunately for Sheffield, they don't have to put up with the maggot that is Spike Chavez. But Newcastle do get him, and he's up against the maggot, which is maggot. <laughs> and... I was wondering where you were going with that. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're going to potentially see Spike Chavez bullying one of our heroes, something that we hated Ridgeway doing to bank some money. Maggot has turned into a much-loved wrestler in the Progress roster, thanks to his antics in the ring and also that incredible theme music. So yeah, Spike Trevay against Maggot should be a very fun match. Like, I think we've reached our quota for how many times you can say the word maggot without having people turn out. That's <laughs> it's just an awful word. <laughs> Maybe there's going to be, I wonder, I just you just got me thinking about it. I wonder if there's some sort of story... Chris Brooks is the fly, isn't he? Yes. Uh, maybe maggot versus fly or maggot and fly later on in September. We'll see. Maybe at the Dome, perhaps. Yeah. There's also one for us Southwest boys. Smoking Aces versus Greedy Souls. That'll be an absolute barnstormer. Us Southwest boys. Who are you talking about? Me. <laughs> <laughs> They've also announced Sunshine Machine against Lycos Jim, which will be an absolutely brilliant match as well. Yep. And the first Natural Progression Series qualifier. I'm very excited for the Natural Progression Series coming back, of course, where they highlight some of the newest wrestlers in the British scene. Um, and the winner gets a shot for the Progress title, I believe. Yep. This chapter features Shreddy, someone that I've never heard of previously, Liam Slater that I've seen previously, and Screwface Armoured, who I've seen previously. So... One new face for me and um, an opportunity for these three guys to impress a brand new crowd. Yeah. Shreddy, you just mentioned you don't know Shreddy. I, I have come across uh, Shreddy a little bit. I think we need to have a serious talk about getting phrasing back in the mouth. Oh, oh, let it go. Fine, whatever. No more phrasing. Shreddy has done some work in Northern promotions like Rise and TNT, I believe. Not deathmatch stuff. He's just done more traditional Greco-Roman style wrestling in those promotions. And he's a rig-based selection. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> I think actually his handle, I don't know if it's his, if it's part of his wrestling name, it's definitely his handle on Instagram. It's it's Shreddy Breck Jim. So anyone with Jim in their uh, social media handle, you know, is going to be a Rigosaurus Rex. When we're watching back on the network, definitely have a look for the abs on it. <laughs> also, I, I will actually like maybe to finish off, mate, I don't know if you if you're interested in doing this on the fly, but like how many people are normally in the natural progression series? I guess it's like an eight man bracket, right? Normally eight, right? So I wonder if we could have a little bit of a punt at anyone from outside progress that we would like to see included. Like, is there anyone that comes to mind for you that you would like to see get a shot in the NPS out of those three? I think that I would probably like to see maybe, Liam Slater, I think, out of those three. What do you think? It's a bit harsh on Shreddy because, I don't, because I've never seen him previously. 
And it's a bit harsh on Screwface because I've not seen him in a long, long time. So he may have improved his game optimally. Um, but every time that I've seen Slater, I've been impressed. So yeah, I probably would go with Slater off the bat. Obviously, we're not going to come up with eight off the top of our heads here, but is there anyone off the top of your head that you'd like to see get a shot in progress that is not there at the moment? i got one straight away off the top of my head. I, I know you've heard me mention him before, and that's Rory Coyle, who I think is maybe the best promo in Britress. I think we might have mentioned him on the podcast with Gene Money when we had Gene Money on. So oh, if, you yeah. want to go and look, if you want to go and look that one up, dear listener, please do. I've quietly become a pretty big fan of Coyle's work, especially on the microphone, and he can wrestle as well. I just think he's the type of character that would really, really suit progress wrestling. He's in your face. He's a nasty bastard. And he's just, he's so good on the microphone that he just would pop off the screen wherever he was and he would, his personality would fill the ballroom for sure. So that's just one that straight away for me, I'd like to see get a shot. This is, of course, I've got absolutely no idea about, that could be a million miles away, but I, I haven't ever heard his name mentioned by anybody else who's ever been to a progress show, but that's just the first one that I thought of for sure. I would probably put Harrison Bennett in there from... Tell me about Harrison Bennett. Who used to go by the name of Benno, who I think you may have seen once, where we had a drum and bass kind of gimmick back in the day. Yeah, I think I remember that. But he's recently gone to the name of Harrison Bennett and gone to a bit more of a serious character. Really, really good wrestler. Easily up there with the rest of the British scene at the moment, in my opinion, and someone who's not really got the uh, exposure that he warrants. I have absolutely no idea. This, again, could be a million miles off, but I was up in Scotland the other weekend watching a bit of ICW. Aside from Grado, obviously, on the card, the guy that stood out is actually the ICW world champion, but I don't think he's been in progress before, so I'm going to allow uh, myself to name him. A guy by the name of Kez Evans. I'm not sure if you've ever come across Kez Evans before, Ross, but fundamentally sound sort of wrestler, uh, wrestles as a heel character, but a wrestling heel, as Jim Ross would say, uh, he'll stretch you, he'll squeeze you, and then he'll cheat to win. You know, he might already be too established to be a national progressive progression series entrant, but he really impressed me the other weekend in Glasgow when I got to see him. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Big fan of you um, going out and seeing ICW in Scotland. More kind of ventures out for wrestling should be fun would be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to think if there's, if there's anyone more locally that I can think of. Like, um, you know, a year ago, I would have said a Tate Mayfairs, but uh, I think he's pretty well established. He's got the big money match coming up against Effie in September. It's a shame uh, that um, Conman's not on here because obviously he goes to that Boreham Wood show. Apparently. Oh, yeah. Sure he, would, got, um, he would definitely be able to help us out with some of the Boreham Wood fellas. What's the name? What about even like maybe like, I know, I know, you know, maybe some of the, are they CPS? Yeah, yeah. I know that. That's me breaking my own rules because they've been in progress. But, like, I think when we've seen CPS, like, Callum Newman has stood out. But what about Lando or uh, Maverick? You know, they might be useful in a tournament like that. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. There's one other guy I just want to name check. I, I don't even know, right, like, if this guy's still wrestling. I'm not too sure what his story was. But I don't know if he got injured. I, I generally don't know. And I hope this isn't – I'm not saying the wrong thing by mentioning him, but – when I did go to the to the hustle training a couple of times, and it obviously Tate Mayfair's was the guy that 
stood out to me there. But there was another guy who I thought, were, to me, just by watching as a wrestling fan from outside the ring doing my little front bridges to warm up, there was a guy called Rob Aim. And I know he was around the scene and he was getting close. And I just, uh, I really thought that he was a fundamentally sound guy that I was going to see on Brit Rest Independence and um, selling some tickets one day. I'm not sure if he's still around, but this is just one guy that I thought deserved a shout out as someone that I'd noticed just, just to me was really impressive the times that I saw him. I'm sure of this guy, but I'm going to look him up because it sounds like you're a big fan of him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, I hope I haven't said the wrong thing there by mentioning him. I hope he hasn't, you know, like retired or um, because I haven't seen him for a little while, but it felt like he was around the scene and I just haven't seen him for a little while. So there you go, dear listener, a couple of names from us just for people that we never know, you know, could be people that we'd like to see coming into progress in the future. Just a bit of breaking news for the pod here. Have you just seen who the match that has just been announced for the next London show? I have not. On the 28th of August, it's Maggot, who gets another mention. <laughs> yeah, stop saying maggot. Versus, You're worse than Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> versus the returning Eddie Dennis. Oh, stop that. Yeah, a lot of fun, right? Yes, the dragon. So, Friend I, of the group, Edward Dennis. So I don't know if it's going to be the return of fun-loving Eddie Dennis or if it's going to be the NXT UK sh- Eddie Dennis. Who knows? But either way, we're in for a lot of fun. Do you know what? Like, I think that it's you, you tell me, does Eddie Dennis get the chance to do a lot of wrestling on NXT UK at the moment? Or is he more just managing, right? Mostly managing, yeah. Yeah. Clearly, Eddie Dennis, I imagine that he is a fantastic manager. And what I've seen him do in NXT UK has been brilliant. But I don't know the guy personally outside of a couple of chance meetings at the bar and once at Starbucks. But <laughs> I other coffee is available. But I just get the feeling that for him, he still feels like he's got something to give in the ring. And I just, I'm glad to see that he's getting a chance to come back to progress and wrestle. So fair play, whoever has got that deal done, that is a brilliant one for all people involved. For Dennis himself, I'm sure, he, you know, I bet it's what he wants. And also for progress, it's going to be great. And you know what? That's another reason to get down to that August 28th show because I know there hasn't been a lot announced and a lot of people who are Progress fans are probably saying, wow, there's been a lot announced for the September show um, with a lot of American imports uh, from a certain company based in California. But I think that actually this August show is now shaping up with Santos and Eddie Dennis. It's almost like a bit of a throwback, Ross. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely targeting the old school Progress fans, which is no bad thing, I don't think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm going to be there, so uh, look forward to it. Also, it's uh, just around my birthday time, so if you see the big fella down the back at the bar, come and say good day. <laughs> Mine's a Guinness. It's about time that someone bought you a beer. It, mate, it is. Fucking <laughs> I'm, I'm, Ross, I've been that thirsty. <laughs> every uh, show. Every, <laughs> every show I'm going without. <laughs> Shall we finish on a book of bingo? If you can figure out how to do it with, with a two-man booth, I'm keen. Let's do it. B-I-N-G-O and bingo was his name-o. Okay. I feel like this whole show's been a bit book of bingo-y. I've been doing a lot of fantasy booking this week, I think. <laughs> Wrestling should be fantasy. Okay. This is a pretty interesting one, I think. Okay. How do we book... 
Steve Carino. Oh, the king of old school. Versus Sting. Oh, mate. I'd pay to watch that for a start. <laughs> I think this is the sort of thing that it wouldn't surprise me if Steve Carino like put all of his life savings into like booking himself in the main event of a show just so he could wrestle Sting. <laughs> I bet you that Steve Carino loves Sting because his favourite wrestler, of course, famously is the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. And Steve Carino based a lot of what he does in the ring and his whole career around Dusty Rhodes. He also had the famous feud against Dusty Rhodes in ECW, uh, finishing at Living Dangerously 2000 with the bull rope match with that sick chair shot to the head. But I just, I, I think that if Steve Carino, I bet that he would love to wrestle Sting, is all I'm saying. Um, this is me just padding to give you a chance to think about how we're going to book it. Well, I, I, have yeah, a little thing. I have a little thing, and I'm thinking that it should be kind of Steve Carino gets signed before the end of ECW when he was hot and goes over to ECW. Uh, WCW. To, um, to WCW, yeah. Yeah. And it's already got the tie-in with Dusty Rhodes. And Dusty yeah. Rhodes, of course, was the one who said he would never join NWO, and then he did, something that Sting also did with the Wolfpack. And I'm thinking that you could potentially bring Dusty Rhodes in as like, like now that Dusty Rhodes has kicked his ass in ECW, the classic thing of now that I've kicked your ass, I respect you and I made you bleed and I respect you in that Blackpool Combat Club way. Yeah. Um, and he brings him into WCW as a way of Dusty Rhodes wants to get rid of Sting. And I think like we could do it in a pretty fun way where he's got that shock of blonde hair right at the time. Yeah, it's um, got to be, he's he's got to be the king of old school, right? Yeah. And he's got to come in almost like the first promo has almost got to be, you know, Dusty Rhodes sets it up, doesn't he, before he announces Carino. Yeah. And Dusty's kind of, do you do a Dusty, Ross? Can you do an impression? I don't really do a Dusty. I can't do a Dusty. Nah, if you if you will, the king of old school, if you will, baby. <laughs> um, so, and Dusty eventually calls out Carino, the king of old school. This is the man who's got his feet planted in the roots of professional wrestling, in the roots of the NWA, where I was world champion. This is going to be your next world champion. This is going to be the man that's going to take down the NWO with classic, traditional Southern wrestling baby. The king of all schools, Steve Carino. I can't do accents. <laughs> I could see that promo happening. Here comes Carino. Probably got a bull rope, I would say. Um, yeah, definitely got a bull rope, yeah. It's got to be Wolfpack Sting, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. The, yeah, for this story to work. I think we got to probably have to book him in either a bunkhouse brawl or a bull rope match. One of Dusty's famous matches eventually, right? That's got to be the blow off. Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, somewhere along the line in this arc, Carino has to like show up as old school surface Sting. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, whether it be like to like fake out Sting at some point or even almost like a maybe because it's WW, like you could almost do like the warrior um Hogan mirror thing. Yeah. My more famous version of the mirror thing is Vince with the NWO chair. <laughs> oh classic. Yeah. I'm gonna kill my creation. <laughs> you you do, do impressions. That's a good Vince. <laughs> Pronouns, pal. <laughs> 
just like now we're thinking about this, probably they kind of did a story like this with Jarrett and Sting. I reckon they wrestled at Halloween Havoc 2000 was the blow-off. The reason I remember this, and people who are big fans of the pod have heard me mention this before, is because just before that, they did a Nitro in Brisbane, which was my first ever major wrestling show in person. And I think, like, Jarrett actually dressed up as Surfer Sting. And he comes to the ring, Ross, and he's like, okay, I'm going to give my little stingers a big treat tonight. Anyone that wants an autograph or a photo from my little stingers with Sting, it's showtime, folks. And he's doing the woo and all that, right? Yeah. And then he get and he gets in there and he's like, all right, a real treat for my little stingers. Autographs, one hundred dollars. Photos, two hundred dollars. Cause the stinger knows how to make money, baby. Like it was like a really cool sort of heel promo. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I think that sort of the idea is like probably got done a little bit, but I also think that it may have worked even better with the King of Old School, Steve Carino with the automatic elbow. I've also just had a little thought as well of um Carino obviously infamously interrupted a Limp Biscuit gig in ECW and ended up getting balls mahoneyed. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, like WCW had that Nitro where they were like, Kiss are going to play live, Kiss are going to play live, and then Kiss played live, and then the Demon debuted. New Year's Eve, I think it was. I think it happened at midnight, didn't it? Perhaps it could be like, because Sting's WCW music at some point was Seek and Destroy by Metallica. Yeah. To be like Nitro is is constantly saying it's gonna be Metallica, it's gonna be Metallica, and then just as the gig's about to happen, like Carino comes out <laughs> stops the show. <laughs> there is no Metallica gig. Steve Carino says Rock has no place in wrestling. But then all I can think of is that Enter Sandman plays and he gets caned. Or he brings out the uh, West Coast yeah. next and they play. <laughs> like we have actually just booked a WCW feud. There's about 46 <laughs> people involved. I, I think like then Master P's got to turn up with the No Limit Soldiers, Hootie Hoo. Yep. And then it's a first blood match between Sting and Carino, and Carino bleeds in 20 seconds. <laughs> I also, what, yeah, and I think that the imagery has to kind of be like Sting's red painted face and Carino's crimson mask. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no, I, I think because it's WCW, it ha it's got to be a bull rope first blood match. Yeah. It's going maybe. on second at the Great American Bash, and uh, it just gets completely buried. It's got six minutes, there's 12 run ins. And uh, Russo lives to fight another day. And then because of the run-ins, the um, next pay-per-view, they have that match that uh, Dustin Rhodes had on the back of a lorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Ro what's that called? Oh, shit. I should know what, what that's called. The Road Wild match or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I think what we've actually managed to do there, Ross, is we actually started with like a really good idea with a cool feud that actually could make money, and we just WCW'd it. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's Booker Bingo for this week, dear listener. I hope you've enjoyed it. I think everyone but 90s Mike enjoys Booker Bingo. <laughs> did you have anything to plug this week? I do not, mate. Just uh, our social media, of course. It's at Wrestling Should Be Fun, or one word on Instagram, at WSBFUN on Twitter soon to be £9.99 on Patreon. If you're listening, Patreon, get in touch. We'll uh, get big, big numbers for you. 
Um, I've got two things to plug, wrestling should be fun-wise. Firstly, yep. last week we recorded the Shock Mastermind annual quiz. If you haven't listened to that yet, make sure you do. Test your wrestling trivia, uh, see how many questions you would have got, and then also see who wins. Yep. Um, and secondly, talk about um, booking with uh, Booker Bingo. We've only gone and booked a WWE thing for the 22nd of August, Raw. Bailey goes back to Toronto. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Uh, walk us through this quickly. I saw this. Uh, so we often do on this days on our Twitter feed and on Sunday night I tweeted uh, that it was five years to the day of a Raw promo where babyface Bailey was in a sling, she'd hurt her arm so she couldn't wrestle at SummerSlam where she was supposed to wrestle against Alexa Bliss, she's in a sling and she's talking about um, that she can't wrestle and that she's sad and the Toronto crowd are booing her because she's a babyface. And in 2016, that babyface Bailey stuff wasn't quite flying on the main roster like it was on NXT. And it's actually the nucleus of the Bailey heel turn. Uh, so we mentioned it on Twitter. And Bailey quote tweeted us and said, I won't ever forgive you, Toronto. I'll see you idiots on the 22nd. <laughs> Brilliant. So, yeah. Uh, wrestling should be fun just doing Triple H's job once again <laughs> so yeah very excited for the promo that Bailey will cut on that Toronto crowd it's going to be heat jeez imagine imagine the possibilities Ross imagine Bailey if you're listening uh, our DMs are open you're welcome on the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast anytime <laughs> yeah and, and just like mention us at least four times in the promo please <laughs> <laughs> if you could if you could alright I think that'll about do us for this week Ross won't it we're just about there let's round this up as always, go hit us up on the social media. Don't forget, rate, review, subscribe uh, with the podcast. They tell me it really helps out a lot. Thank you very much to Ross the Boss Casey for carrying this ship and keeping it all together and for joining me this week. Most importantly, thank you very much to you, though, dear listener. We'll catch you in a week or so. Until then, though, drink lots of water. Look after your mates. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun, wrestling should be fun.